Well, thank you. <clears throat> Let me say thanks to the church and to my family for yesterday and their contribution to my celebration of some 50 years. Uh, I'm going to do Scotty's when he gets 50. <laughs> you heard him say that he came to my office uh, oh, some time ago, and he said, uh, I'm going to challenge you to... Uh, preach on uh, 50 years of ministry. So, uh, I wrote it all down. <laughs> going to take me a while. I hope you don't have any plans this afternoon. I was asked, uh, what is my favorite verse in Scripture? And uh, I chose 2 Timothy chapter 4 for my passage of Scripture this morning. And let me just read that for us. Uh, I charge thee before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead, at His appearing at His kingdom. Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having each in years, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned into fables. But watch thou in all things endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. Verse 2 is my favorite passage there, and I'll tell you uh, in a little bit why that it happened, why that is my favorite verse. I started on a September 15, 1965 at the Oliver Grove Baptist Church uh, during a revival meeting when I heard a clear presentation of the gospel uh, that pricked my heart, uh, and that night I trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. It was in those earlier days that I tried to find myself and discover who this Savior was that I had put my trust uh, into. Very difficult in the beginning because... Uh, uh, I had trouble with uh, doctrine, uh, who this Savior was. Uh, uh, I, had, I had problems with eternal security, uh, salvation by grace and not by works. Uh, you don't know the times that I thought I needed to be saved all over again because of something that had happened in my life. Uh, so I got my doctrine straightened out, and uh, it worked. Now, how have I stayed at it for some 50 years? I don't know why God chose me to be a pastor. And by the way, I do like the word pastor better than I like the word reverend. 
That just never was a word that I, I liked. Uh, I don't know why God really motivated me the way that he did. Uh, uh, I do know shortly after that I trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as personal Savior, um, there was what I refer to as an aching doubt on the inside of me uh, uh, to understand the Bible, what this Bible was all about. Uh, uh, I didn't get into ministry because I woke up one morning craving fried chicken, as some have said. All Baptist preachers like fried chicken. I know I went to a revival meeting one week, one time up in Ohio, and every time I'd go to a house to eat, they'd say, Pastor, we hope you like chicken. Every meal, every meal was chicken. Till Friday night, and I went into this house, and this woman said, Pastor, I hope you like pork chops. Oh, boy. A change in the menu. I began reading my Bible that my wife purchased for me at that time. It was a little small red Bible. I was really not... Uh, I was not accustomed to carrying a Bible. I'd never carried a Bible. I'd never owned a Bible. Uh, I didn't want too big a, a Bible because I didn't want people seeing me carrying a Bible for some reason uh, because that made me something different, I guess. Uh, but later on, I got a bigger Bible. Later on, I attended Bible school uh, not to learn how to preach, but I went there to learn what to preach. Uh, it was there that I was introduced to homiletics and hermeneutics and uh, eschatology and all the big words that I didn't even know existed in the ministry world. But I, I, I got those and I studied them. Uh, but the Bible has been the field that I have uh, plowed in. The Bible has been the book that I've mined out golden nuggets uh, that were there all the time. So, going to school, pastoring a little small church up in the mountains, uh, driving a school bus as you're doing now, Tommy, uh, cutting pup wood on the side in order to uh, put some soup, beans, and cornbread on the table. Uh, not very much money in that day. But I do remember a man that has contributed to my ministry, though he's already in heaven, and he don't know how much he committed to my ministry uh, until we get home. A man by the name of Ray Gosden. I met Ray Gosden. He was in a singing group, uh, and uh, he was pastoring a church, uh, down in Yukon, Florida, which now is a ghost town in Jacksonville, Florida, I understand. And I preached there years ago, and June said she lived there, and she didn't even come hear me preach. Winnie didn't either. But anyhow, he invited me down. We took our first vacation, never had a vacation in our life. We took our vacation, we drove down to Yukon, Florida, and uh, I preached for Ray Gosden on a Sunday morning and a Sunday night. Uh, and uh, Ray came to me before I left the church and he said, Now before you leave tomorrow, come by my house in the morning. And so I said, Okay. So I, me and my wife and the two girls, we get up and we go by Ray's house that morning. Uh, and uh, 
Ray shared with me uh, that he had inoperable cancer and he would die soon. And he had every book that he had bought boxed up and he said, I want you to have them. In that box of books was every book that Dr. Oliver, Oliver B. Green had ever written. And some of you have benefited from that, those books that I have. I still got those. And I'm reminded every time I pick one of them up, I'm reminded that Ray Gosden gave me those books. Uh, and the reason was, I didn't have any money to buy books. I didn't know what it was. Uh, and uh, he gave me all of those. And I couldn't wait to get home uh, to open those books and read and study and meditate and see what this man has said uh, about the Word of God. There was that nagging feeling down on the inside of me which got even worse as time went on. And every time I'd hear somebody preach or every time I'd see somebody or go to a church, something on the inside of me was, was troubling my heart uh, until I surrendered to the Lord. And I surrendered to the Lord and I began to pastor uh, churches and, and, and of course... Uh, uh, I really didn't know how to pastor a church. I did. I, I pastored. Uh, I preached in three churches. I knew how to preach, uh, but I didn't know how to pastor. And I didn't know how to pastor until I moved to Union County, and I learned how to pastor. And in 25 plus years at one church, I pastored that church, uh, and I learned what it was to pastor and shepherd a flock of sheep uh, uh, that many times would get out of God's will. And it was my responsibility uh, to kind of get them back in God's will. And thankful to say I did get some back, but I'm sorry to say some never came back. And that troubled my heart. Let me tell you why 2 Timothy 4.2 became my favorite verse. Some ten years after pastoring churches, uh, pastor, I was done. I decided I'm not going to put up with this any longer. I'm done pastoring this bunch of stubborn people that won't listen. I go and I preach and they don't listen and then seem like they don't get it. I'm done with it. And the place that I worked offered the opportunity for me to get out of ministry. And I said, I'm going to get out of ministry. I'm done with it. Went to the break room that morning to have a cup of coffee and a pie. And uh, the old heart didn't work. Something in my heart began to ache. They got me to ICU unit in uh, Habersham County. Uh, they put me in the ICU unit. And in this ICU unit, it was one of those units, you know, back years ago, and some of you remember... Only thing that separated in there was a curtain. They didn't have the nice uh, rooms like they have now. Only just a curtain in this room. God put me in an ICU unit with a Baptist preacher 
that had dementia, had lost his mind, but never lost the ability to quote Scripture. And I'm laying in there. I'm having a heart attack. And this guy is quoting Scripture. And I noticed every time he would quote Scripture, the nurse would come in and she'd say, is he bothering you? And I'd say, yes ma'am, he is. She says, well, I'll move him out. Said, uh, we can't do anything for him in here anyhow, so we're going to move him, on the, we'll move him out on the floor. But she never moved him because God was not finished with His last message here upon the earth. All these verses, and I knew they were in the Bible, but then all of a sudden... Uh, he quoted 2 Timothy 4.2. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. Okay. That got my attention. And then, I don't know how long it went by. But he did it again. Because the guy over on the other side of the curtain really didn't hear it. Although I did. Again, preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. And then he said, is anybody listening? And then he did it again. Same verse. And then he said again, is anybody listening? And I said, yes sir, I'm listening. Preach on. Not one other verse came out of the mouth of that pastor the rest of that night. Doctor came in the next morning, Dr. Lumsden, who was my family doctor. He came in that morning and I shared with Dr. Lumsden what had happened during the night and he sat on the bed and cried with me. And he said, I'd like to pray for you. Because I told him, I says, I've received this call to Union County and I really didn't want to go, but God changed my mind through the night. And... Uh, I'll be going to Union County. And he said to me, uh, you know, I've got a friend up there in Union County. I went to school with him. He's a doctor. <clears throat> and I'm going to call him and tell him you're coming. And uh, he will take care of you just like I've taken care of you and your family here. I'm going to call him as soon as I get it. I'm going to call him. And he called Dr. George Gowder. And that's who I saw. And that's who took care of uh, my family. So I received that call in February of 1982. I moved my family to Union County on March 26, 1982. 
And uh, over the years, I've pastored six churches, I believe it was, uh, including this one here. So let me give you an outline message. This is the way I've done it for 50 years. I know there's all kinds of messages that can be preached, expository. I told you about one guy that came up to me after I preached an expository message years ago, and he ran up to I was down in Tennessee, and I don't know what turnip truck this guy got off of, but anyhow, he come running up to me, and he says, I want to learn how to do that uh, uh, suppository preaching. <laughs> I laughed. Notice the pastor's motive. Pastor needs to be the, a man of the Word of God. His message is from the Word of God. There are all kind of views on being the perfect pastor, what he should be like, what he should look like. Much material out there that is available, uh, how a pastor can be sure to fulfill his calling. Uh, every week I get something on my email on how to spark up a worship service. I even read about one church that put in a zip line to bring their pastor into the pulpit. Uh, if y'all do that for Scotty, put up a telephone pole. <laughs> Heard about this pastor that went into a bookstore to find a book on the man who can master a woman. And he went into the education section and he looked and he looked and he looked and he looked and he couldn't find it. So he went to the lady up front um, and told her that he was looking for that book, how uh, the man that can master a woman. And he says, I've looked all in the education section and I can't find it. She says, you're looking in the wrong department. You find that in fiction. <laughs> I don't think any better advice could be given to a pastor than what Paul gave to Timothy in these verses. And I think I've been driven by the fact that I believe all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. And I believe it's the Scripture that puts God <clears throat> on display. And the best defense of the Scriptures is the Scriptures themselves. Uh, uh, and the Bible speaks of itself, and I think that's what drives uh, me to the truth of the Scripture and the revelation of uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, I've made it a habit to write everything down uh, that comes to my mind, the times of prayer, the times of meditation, uh, and then the times of trying to condense everything into a message that will get the attention of the people. And I realize this kind of maybe looks like an exaggeration of paperwork, uh, but there's many times in my study that I have at least a dozen or maybe a dozen and a half pages of notes written down that God has flooded my mind with, and I try to take all of those and condense them down into what I feel like is about a 30 or a 40 minute sermon because I have discovered over the years of 50 years that the mind will only endure as much as a seat will take. 
So I have several pages. And then I create an outline. That process of trying to take people through the scriptures. And so many times I, I've used an alliterated sermon because people can remember four or five words usually. And by alliterated, I simply mean it rhymes or it all begins with the same letter. Um, just like today. I've always wanted to somehow spark people's interest about what the Word of God has to teach and what it has to say. And everybody that gets saved, they come to me and they say, Pastor, I want to start studying the book of Revelation. No, 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 no. Don't start in the book of Revelation. Study and start reading and study the book that we've been in in Sunday school. That'll teach you how to be what you need to be. And then later on, I don't know why people want to study Revelation. I'm not going to be here. It seems it's going to happen when we're gone. So I desire to change people's minds, to give them truth and truth that will control the way that they believe and the way that they behave. Notice, second of all, the pastor's message. Two seasons that Scotty and I are to preach. We're to preach in season and out of season. And I'm sure he's already encountered an out of season message. I have over the years. I really enjoy preaching when it's in season, but sometimes you've got to preach out of season. And my, I know this, let me say, my greatest joy is not preaching. Well, what do you mean? That's something that I do, but my greatest joy is not preaching. My greatest joy is when I'm in preparation for preaching, and I find that golden nugget somewhere in the Word of God that has been there all these 50 years, and all of a sudden it comes out to me, and I discover that, and I sit there and I rejoice because the Holy Spirit of God has brought that to my attention. Now, I can't wait to share it in preaching, but my greatest joy, my greatest joy is when that golden nugget comes out. Several things about the pastor's message. Notice in the Word of God, it must be a convicting message. He says to reprove. Bring a message that will bring conviction. It's a kind of preaching that kind of holds a bright light to a dark world. And we are living in a dark world. The blackness of sin is everywhere. And right kind of preaching will expose the sin that is out there. It must be a confronting message. It says to rebuke. In other words, this expresses the sinfulness of the sinner. And they need to do something about that. So we must Confront sinners with the Word of God. 
It's not that we do, it's not that we enjoy that. Uh, I've had people come to me after I preached a message and they have said, in fact, I had a lady come to me into my office and said, who told you about me? And I said, why? She said, because that message you preached, that was me. And as, as, as you preached that message, you looked at me. Somebody must have told you about me. Now, I don't remember looking at them because I didn't really know them. Who was it that was bringing it out? The Holy Spirit of God. I've never tried to preach a message to confront somebody that I knew was going to be there that had gotten into sin. That's not my motive. Never been my motive to do that. It must be a comforting message. Exhort. Means to call to one side. So the pastor is to take the word of God and point those people to a biblical solution of their problem and then turn around and I know Scotty does this and I've had to do this and help them with that problem biblically. Biblically. I soon discovered after all the years of preaching Standing before people preaching, I was just like they are. I'm just like they are. They're only sinners been saved by the grace of God if they've trusted Christ. And so, have I had to preach things that I really didn't like? Mm-hmm. Have I said things that I wished I hadn't said? Mm-hmm. So there's a way of saying things. A pastor's to love his people. We got a pastor that loves our church, to which I'm thankful. A pastor that loves me puts up with me even when I'm wrong. He'll do some wrong things too. It's pastor the job to lead his sheep. Beside still waters and into green pastures. And Wesley gave me that staff last night or that uh, shepherd's uh, crook. I'm reminded of the messages I preach out of Psalms 23. And how many times that that shepherd would take that, that crook and it's, it's made in a way that he could reach and put it around the sheep's neck and pull them close to him. And I've told the story. If a sheep kept on being rebellious, he would take that crook and he would reach and he'd put it around the neck of that sheep. And as much as he hated to do what he was fixing to do, if that sheep kept on jumping the fence and running away, He would take that sheep and he would break its front leg. And then he would mend that leg and he would put it in a splint. And he would carry it to the doorway of his tent. And he would hand feed and water 
that sheep until it could get back on its feet. He loved it that much. But if that sheep kept on being rebellious because he knew if that sheep got away with being rebellious, it would lead other sheep to rebellion. It would come in for one last time and he would throw a bucket of red dye on the side of that sheep marked. It would never go outside again. And that sheep's life would be taken. And I've got pastor friends already in heaven because of rebellion. I don't want to rebel. After my son stood here yesterday and read all the words of what I am or supposed to be, I'd be a fool to walk away from this. What a family. <sighs> Must be a compassionate message. Long-suffering. Has the ideal of patience. Love his people. It must be a confirming message. Doctrine. Pastors to preach the word and instruct them in the do and doctrine of the word of God. Our opinions and our beliefs, and I have many opinions and I have beliefs, uh, but that's not what matters. It's what thus saith the Lord. And I've tried to do that now for these 50 years. I didn't understand the importance of it in the beginning. Uh, but I discovered it's the Holy Spirit of God that will take the preaching from the lips of a pastor and burn it into the hearts of the people for His glory. The pastor's ministry. Watch. That's what the scripture says. Watch. That means be alert. What is it that we are to watch? Well, the Bible says, Beware of wolves that come to you in sheep clothing. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that they've got on sheep wool. It may be in a wool coat. And I've always said, how does a wolf get sheep clothing? It kills a sheep. And we have to be careful. And I know, I don't know if he's encountered wolves in the flock uh, in the years he's been here already. I probably have. I know over the years I've had many, many wolves come into a congregation. And I thought, man, this person is it. And, and yet, it was not it. I pastored 50 years without any help from an associate pastor. I thought two or three times I had somebody, but they didn't stay. I really needed somebody. I know when the church there gave us a 20th anniversary to go anywhere we wanted to go, 
and we, took, we chose to drive to Alaska, and I didn't have anybody really to help a whole lot, so uh, the deacon board got chosen. And those guys had to take care of Wednesday night in here. I tried to get somebody for Sunday, but the deacon board, they had to take care. And my understanding, it was good for them. Endure. E serving God and pastoring a church is not the easiest life. It's been said, those who God will use greatly, He must hurt deeply first. And I think that happens. I think that happens. He must evangelize. The, the goal behind every sermon should be to point people to the Lord Jesus Christ. Every message should point people to Christ. Make full proof of thy ministry. In other words, live the right kind of life. <coughs> Means to fulfill 1 Timothy 3, 1 through 7. Means you need to be a man of God in the church, at home, out of the church, out in public. Paul said, therefore, whatever you do, whether you eat, drink, or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. That's what I did yesterday as the meal was there. I ate to the glory of God. I never saw this till last week. It came out as I was reading and studying. First Timothy 4.15. Note here what it says. Meditate on these things. Give thyself wholly to them. That thy profiting or thy progress may be evident to all. Pastor, everybody needs to see us as we progress in the Lord. And it takes time. And I, I'll say to you, give our pastor time to study the Word of God and meditate.
testimony that you've given to me. To pastor these churches now for 50 years. My heart rejoices. I trust someday that I can stand in your presence and say I fought a good fight. I finished the course. Sad to say a lot never finished the course. But I'm grateful for all that you've done for me and my family. How that you've brought us from one place to another. And how that I've experienced new friendship. May the words this morning may have touched some young man. Maybe that you're troubling his heart. You may have to deal with him like you dealt with me. But you've always got a pastor somewhere that's got to preach that last message. And I'm confident probably I heard the last message that man ever preached that morning. said speak to our hearts now as we come to a close with a song as they sing for us we thank you again in Jesus name as we stand